So, thank you. Once more, I'd like to kindly request your attention for a few thoughts. Um, the topic of the moment is the Dana talk. Um, Let me start by basically acknowledging that w that we sit here um, has uh, something to do with a long tradition of generosity. Yeah. You may think that uh, Buddhist teaching has been handed down by famous monasteries or famous authors or famous practitioners, but for every great yogi, for every Mahasiddha, for every famous name on a famous book, um, for every great meditator, you have lots and lots and lots of people who have fed this meditator, printed the book, built the monastery, who have... Um, these are people whose names we may not know. Yeah? These are people whose names we may never know, in fact. And our meditator, our monastery, our famous philosopher, our great yogi, our cherished Mahasiddha uh, stands on the shoulders of many, many practitioners. And many of those practitioners were not great yogis, they were not great Mahasiddhas, they may not have been great philosophers. Their appreciation of meditative subtlety may have been limited, but they have seen value in supporting somebody who does this. They may have seen value in supporting a community, in supporting a vision and aspiration. And let me tell you, not all members of that community will have looked equally impressive. You know, there's always a few who don't look impressive. Okay. And yet these people, these nameless people through the centuries with Sri, Sri Lankan faces, Burmese faces, Thai faces, Indian faces, Tibetan faces, Japanese faces, Korean faces, Nepali faces, Indonesian faces, yeah, all these people make it somehow possible that we sit here today. You may not be aware of this, you may appreciate what we do here and I would like to invite you to consider for a moment that if you find this is useful, if you find this is precious, if this is helpful to you, what can we do today for this to continue? That's I think the very simple point. How does this go on into the next round? How does this turn on? Um, it's weird to establish an organization, to establish a practice, to establish a whole pattern of uh, how people come together on the basis of generosity in a time when things that don't have a fixed price tag are either advertisement trinkets or have no value. Yeah? To uphold the notion that something is 
without such a price tag because it is priceless rather than because uh, it's so it's so cheap that we don't dare charging something for it. Okay, this is a very weird situation in which a dana tradition, a tradition based on generosity, not on church tax, uh, can maintain itself. In my personal experience, this was very simple. I, I grew up in a reasonably affluent country without being particularly from wealthy stock. Uh, but I've how, you know, I've I've never learned where I come from. Generosity, as I have encountered it within the Asian communities that have fed me when I was later meeting a monastic tradition. First, this was in England, where generally Thai people who were often professionals or Sri Lankan people who were often um, doctors and engineers or Laotian people who were refugees or Cambodian people who were traumatized refugees supported Western meditators. And you begin to realize there's something strange happening here. Something strange happening. I remember my first day in the monastery coming out of a retreat, like you had just done one. And from the retreat center, we walked over to the monastery and we joined the meals ceremony there. So there's monks and nuns and they were being fed. And then the Thai people who had driven up from London, um, they just kept feeding other people. So they came round and started feeding visitors, you know, coming with plates and just kind of putting things into my little plate, you know. And I said, well, well, this is a mistake. I don't actually belong here, you know. I, I'm just visiting, yeah. So this kind of friendly Swiss response, I, you can't, there's a, there's a misunderstanding here. Don't, <laughs> you know, in Switzerland, you give money, you, you give, if you do give things, then you make sure it's anonymous. So nobody knows that you've been generous, you know. To give food to people is really not on. You do that with friends, you invite them and then you feed them. But giving strange people food is not really the dumb thing. It implies these these people are incapable of, of feeding themselves or, you know, they're beggars. Yeah. So these type of people were quite adamant and said, no, 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 you're in the monastery here, you're a practitioner, you know, you're being fed. Uh, it is meritorious for me that I feed you. Yeah. And uh, I kind of squirmed. Yeah, something in me squirmed. And I remember sitting there, you know, after the third one coming round, I remember kind of tears rolling down my cheeks and I realized I had never actually done any of this in my life. And now these people who had no clue, they didn't know how long I was there. They didn't know whether I was smart or dumb. They didn't know whether I was dedicated or not. They couldn't even know how good I was a meditator. You know, it was clear that they didn't reward me for my meditative aptitude. When I, they were so generous and yet so transpersonal yeah, that I was really touched. Yeah, and so I, I ate my, uh, my, my Thai canoons there and. Uh, uh, having tears rolling down my cheeks. And I think that was that was a key moment where I experienced a generosity that was not for me as a person. You know, there's somebody here who just has a, a genuine gesture uh, and it wasn't my need that spoke out to them. It wasn't, a, it wasn't pity. Uh, 
it wasn't magnanimity or so, you know, kind of, it is big prestige for me when I do that. Um, they were just feeding a visiting meditator, and I happened to be that meditator at the receiving end, and I found that deeply touching. And over the years I benefited and lived and contributed, I began to understand there are many forms of generosity. So. Uh, my putting in time and energy and my my dedication into building a place that was not my place you know that place is still there you know? it's not my place um, whenever we do that you know something beautiful happens anthropology begins with understanding the act of generosity the act of giving and it probably will end with that act because it is so huge so Buddhist traditions across the board have found their sustenance in a notion that practice begins with generosity. Yeah. Very simple, dana, sila, bhavana, that's what it says. In my books, this hasn't been the case. My practice did not begin with dana. It began with meditation. Only with meditation I began to become aware that some of my sila were off. Yeah, I needed to uh, do some adjustments in the department of ethics, which has came to came to my understanding because of the the sensitizing that took place through meditation practice, and the dana part actually came last in many ways. So the being of use, being in service, seeing myself in a in a bigger picture of feeding back into a system that has fed and nourished and welcomed me in uh, uh, became a few years down the line more tangible when I began uh, to be a little more useful in, in, my, uh, in my own role in, 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 say, the monastic community. But there is a beautiful connectedness that takes place that I, as a kid, had certainly not experienced. Yeah, there were people generous with me, but that was meant for me. Yeah, yeah, that was I was meant thereby because they were my uncles or my aunties or my yeah. That this kind of that you begin to support and put yourself into the service of something bigger is very deep, runs very deep in Buddhist teaching. In fact, it goes back to the Buddha. Remember, he didn't want to teach at the beginning because he said, "Well, nobody wants to hear what I have to say. It's difficult." They won't believe me. <laughs> they won't like it. It'll, it'll go against the grain. It's exquisitely hard to understand. These are all original words. You know? um, and then this deity turns up and says, look, don't follow that thought. There are people out there with but little dust in their eyes that benefit from your teaching. Please put yourself into the service of the Dharma. Yeah? So... And the Buddha said, okay, fair enough, I'll do that. He didn't quite put it like that. He said, you know, yes, I'm going to put myself into the service of the Dharma. So even a completely awakened being found something to put himself into the service of. And that's, that's what he did for 45 years. So there are many ways of being generous. Your application, your dedication... You is a form of generosity, bringing your energy, bringing your inquisitiveness to this practice um, is a form of generosity. 
uh, I find it deeply validating that something that is precious to me is taken up by people, metabolized and made theirs. Okay, I find that beautiful. I am touched, I am validated. Although we do much of the talking here, I want to tell you that I am also rewarded. I'm also receiving from your dedication to this practice. I feel nourished as well. Yeah. So I want to just own up for this. This is not one-sided that we bestow the stuff and you guys do it. I too am fed by the process of your dedication. It inspires me, it touches me, I learn from you in many, many ways, than I, many more ways than I could explain. I'm also conscious that structures need support. Yeah? So uh, that support doesn't always, it's not always immediate how, how this comes to fruition. Um, I have benefited from a monastic tradition landing in the West. Now the people who have fed this monastic tradition in Thailand have not planned for this come to the West, but nevertheless I have benefited from it. Yeah. Um, and I would like to invite you to contemplate how you can, what is valuable, valuable for you here, how you can sustain that in ways. Um, if you think that what is happening here is good and precious, then make sure that this continues here. None of us have the ambition to become rich. Uh, we appreciate your support. The institution here appreciates your support. It, uh, what you see and what you sit in is the direct result of such support. Yeah. IMS has never built anything for which they didn't have the money. Yeah. All what you see here, your beautiful single rooms are the outcome of generosity. Yeah. This is unique, just be clear. You don't, I'm not aware of many centers in the world that have this amount of infrastructural support for your practice. Um, believe me, when you go to Asia and practice meditation, generally this doesn't happen in a... Uh, and the conditions... <laughs> so optimized as the ones here. Yeah. If you've been to some kind of noisy Burmese meditation center or some kind of uh, remote Thai forest monastery or, you know, there are many ways you could uh, find lesser conditions for practice than here. So what you find is basically the result of previous generations generosity. So do contemplate how you can help this to go on if you think this has value for you. If this is value for you in your life, consider how others have made this possible for you, that you're at the receiving end of other people's generosity. You know, beginning, um, beginning a long time ago, nameless practitioners who for centuries have kept this alive, have made sure it is translated into a number of Asian languages, from which it then has been translated into Western languages, into institutions, into educational systems that bring about infrastructure and teachers, uh, refine, refined understanding of mind cultivation. All this takes a lot of work. Yeah. Consider how to help this process along by 
offering your means, your intelligence, your dedication, uh, and obviously your support in ways that you can support here. Uh, uh, you will hear more details how this is possible. Um, I'm grateful for this. I find it is, um, even as I am not a monk anymore, I, I, it is, uh, I am touched and wish to uphold the principles of generosity in a word, in a world that, uh, where commodification is the rule, you know, it's, it's a quirky thing, this dana thing, it's a beautiful thing, it goes in many ways against the standard patterns of our barter and exchange culture. Yeah. And yet, in some ways, I believe that this dana principle is a safeguard for the, in, for the maintenance of this teaching. It is something that is uh, a connecting gestures of application and dedication and generosity with receiving oneself to be part of something that is bigger than what I buy and what I have an entitlement to. Yeah. So con contemplate this and um, ponder how you, how you can help the place, how you can help your local community, wherever you have local communities, how uh, the teachers are grateful for your support. We, uh, you know how it is, how home is where the bills come in. So uh, we, while we, we love what we do, we also have things to meet, obligations to meet. And if you think it's useful what we do, then uh, help us basically be able to live that way. Yeah. I'm grateful that this is possible in my life. Most of my uh, economy is a dana-based economy, and I am happy to say this without a Buddhist monastic robe, uh, that this is possible in my life. You know. Yeah. So consider how you can give your support, and I hand over to Janai and then to uh, Rebecca and uh, Peter, who will tell you more details. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you, Akinchenai, and. Uh, It's a funny thing in a certain way to have as part of the regular thing I do is to sit down with people and say, in a certain sense, can you give me some money, please? Um, of course, it's a little more nuanced than that, but there's something about just naming that there's a not a demand here, because in fact I have no such sense of asking or demanding anything in this situation, but naming that there's a relationship of mutual reliance, support and dependency that's here and that uh, it's really touching that it works, it's really amazing that it happens, that IMS is here, that we're here, that Akinshino and I and Catherine and all the teachers who come here and all the teachers in this tradition and t to be clear, um, not all traditions of Buddhist teaching involve the commitment that we have in this tradition which is to offer the teaching freely. In other contexts one may pay a fee to support the teacher directly that's determined in the 
the way that fees for things are often done in our world. And in this tradition, there is this very beautiful sense of offering. And for me, having received the teachings I received as a layperson, though I did for a while think I was going to end up in a monastery, it looked to be going that way, and then it didn't. Um, the fact that I have lived in in the the world that we all live in of uh, sort of normal functioning without a monastic support or the framework of a Buddhist community around me. And for 25 years this has been the basis of my livelihood and what I wear, what I eat, where I live, it's all been supported by the kind, generous offerings of people such as yourselves to come to IMS as Akinshino is saying and the sense of what's here for something over 40 years now, almost as many years as the Buddha taught, IMS has been here offering these teachings and uh, for what feels like quite a chunk of time I've had the fortune to be connected with this place since early in my practice and my teaching journey. So a few things I'd like to offer in, in, the, in the sense of this is that it's tricky for us sometimes. It sounds beautiful, it is beautiful in fact, but it's also tricky for us to know how do I handle a situation like this. And when I'm invited or given the invitation or the possibility to, to, to express generosity or to contemplate what might be possible, we sometimes can find it a little awkward or tricky. It's like, you know, there isn't a right way to do this. We can't, and I wouldn't in any way wish to tell you what to do here. But what I can tell you is that my own experience with generosity is that it has a very transformative effect, not just in the direction in which generosity is offered. And so one of the things that happens when we share what we have, not just financially, but in terms of time, in terms of energy, many expressions of dana, generosity, can come through our life. What, when we share what we have, we strengthen what we contribute to. And it's one of the most direct ways we change the world is where we direct our resources. And our resources are all of what we have in our life that we share with others or with things that we care about. And so in this way, we are agents for transformation in the world. In this way, the support that people have offered, Akinchino, myself, Catherine, teachers in our tradition, has borne remarkable fruit it seems to me, in our world. And when I give support, as I do to various groups that do things that I don't get to do myself but would quite like to, I see that what they do makes a difference and I'm so happy to give support to them. And when I have the chance to sit with teachers who I love and appreciate and can give support to them, there's this very sweet thing that happens if it's over as what I'm giving is just what I was given. I have nothing else to give. In fact, all that we have to give is what we were given. It's always like that for us, but it's more obviously the case <coughs> in this situation. And what I also notice when I find myself moved to give generosity or to express that, and I don't think this is unique to myself. I think we, we know that it's something that uplifts us. This is one of the reasons it's, a, it's sort of a foundation of the teaching, is that it uplifts the heart. 
when we receive generosity, when it's offered to us, as the Kinshina was speaking just now, how, how delightful that someone just comes to give. Not because they're your family or your friend, but just because they wish to give. And receiving it is delightful, but in fact so too is offering. It's something lovely. You, you, I'm sure will know if you've been moved to just give something to someone for no reason. Not because they earned it, but just because you wanted to give. It's something beautiful. So there's this uplifting quality associated with the practice of generosity. And part of what also happens in that is that when one gives, one finds oneself more deeply connected to that to, or who, to whom one has made an offering. So when we give support to something, we not just make it stronger, but we actually make our connection to it stronger because we've made that sense of care or value of appreciation something that has become expressed in action and through that sense of the the quality of appreciation being expressed in action it becomes something more substantial in us and for us and that's something we can actually notice and that i notice when there's that movement of giving and com- and expression of generosity and yet of course as i said it can be complicated because we wonder what's okay what's right and i think i would here quote joseph the one of the founders of this place and a beautiful exemplar of generosity as a, as a human being and many other things too but in this and joseph would sometimes say give so that you have no regret i think it's beautiful when I've been in a situation where I could have given something and I didn't because I was in a hurry or I just wasn't quite sure how to do it. I often notice I feel sorry afterwards that I didn't take that chance. Or if I have kind of felt a bit like, oh, I'm not sure I've got enough to share right now. I think I'll keep it, you know, all for me. And the kind of tightness, we you know, there's actually a sorrow that engenders, it seems to me, when we recognize that we're in a constricted place. That doesn't mean, of course, that we can't, and it's important that we know that we can respect the reality of our circumstance. If our circumstances are constrained or limited financially or in any realm of resource, of course, what we can offer will be in line with that. And that's natural and right and part of why we do this. So that even if someone has little resources, that does not preclude them from accessing teachings, from the opportunity to practice. And so not just that teachings are offered without the teachers charging for that service, but that the center has a real priority on having funds and raising funds to subsidize or cover the costs for people who may not otherwise be able to do so. And there's various funds that we mentioned and spoken about that support that, that possibility, which feels feels really precious and beautiful to me. So there's, there's that situation. And then there's also the sort of the situation where, oh, if we have good fortune, we can share it. How lovely. What a blessing to share our good fortune or where we have simply enough. And we realize that that sense of enough can encompass sharing what we have. At the same time, as well as what can sometimes be a constriction, we might sometimes feel some sort of pressure of, oh, I've got to make some kind of grand gesture. And, you know, if, if you decide you want to take out a mortgage on your house and write a six-figure check, you know, we're probably not going to stop you. 
but I'd really encourage you to talk to your family first and just check it out, make sure this feels really authentic for you. Um, because sometimes, it, again, it comes from a place that we might later realise, oh, that wasn't quite what was true for me. And again, there could be regret in that sense. If we've overridden our sense of what's true and out of a, a kind of an idea of what should be. And so because of that, we, we maybe need to notice what our tendencies are in this kind of territory. And as in any thing that we do here, this is a practice. It's like, oh, okay, so let's see what feels true, what feels possible, what I feel moved to give. And trust in that, in yourself, and the fruit that comes from it. I think that's what I wanted to offer just now. There will be some further sort of information on the practicalities and the particular funds associated with IMS and scholarships, as well as the the funds that supports the teachers. So our thought was to just take a little time to sit quietly, and then we'll offer the the stage.
So thank you for, for, for being here, for your presence and attention in this. And uh, just take a moment if you need to adjust your posture, your body to be at ease for a little more input. Just don't go anywhere, but if you need to stand up or stretch. And uh, there'll be some, uh, as we said, some input from, uh, from Peter and Rebecca. And then if at the time when that's complete, it's not yet supper time, then please uh, continue with your practice. And we'll come back together at um, 6.45. And at that time, as we said earlier, we'll, we'll let you know about what we'll be doing together over the evening. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.